Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Legends of the Spire. Good to have you with us. Uh, now on the podcast today, I spoke to Phil Bonnyman. Uh, now Phil is from Glasgow and started his career at Glasgow Rangers. Um, joined Chesterfield on transfer deadline day in 1980 and in his two and a bit seasons with Chesterfield we finished near the top of the league just missing out uh, in each of his seasons with us. Um, the big key thing I suppose that happened around that time as well was the Anglo-Scottish Cup uh, which celebrated its 40th anniversary this year. Uh, he scored against Rangers um, on the way to that final victory against Notts County so it was good to speak to him about those games. Uh, it was also good to hear about the players that he played with around that time, people like Danny Wilson, Andy Kowalski, uh, and obviously the great Ernie Moss as well. Um, so I hope you really enjoy the chat and it brings back some memories uh, of that time at the club. Uh, as always, we are at Spy Legends on Twitter, uh, Legends of the Spy on Facebook and Instagram, so please do get in touch uh, if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, and I'll do my best to get them on. Uh, but here we are with the latest episode with the great Phil Bonnyman. actually one of the um one of a few scottish players we've had on and even starting at rangers as well we had peter Levin on recently who all right yeah yeah started at rangers so was yeah. that the early 70s you were kind of a youth player at rangers yeah 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 i was there i was 70 71 till nearly 73 yeah were they your were they the team that you were supporting when you were a kid no 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 i was a patrick thistle supporter Oh, right. uh, the part of Glasgow that I was born, Mary Hill, uh, was right next to Partick Thistle's football ground. And uh, my dad took me as a kid to watch Partick Thistle. So once you're a supporter of their team, that's you, you're stuck. Yeah. Were you never tempted to go to Partick instead of Rangers, or was that just the way it went? What, to play? Mm. Well, well, I, I never get the opportunity, so... <laughs> You know, it, Rangers was the opportunity that came first, so yeah. uh, that's the one I took. Did you manage to play? Did you play? Have one appearance for Rangers? Was it one game? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a game that uh, I would I would dearly love to forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and people talk about the the game that I played, and also the games that I played for Chesterfield against Rangers, and. You could say that I had uh, had a part in two of Rangers' worst uh, results. <laughs> <laughs> so one good and one bad for me. Who'd have known what had happened? Game, if you it was a game. It was in the, the, the League Cup, and uh, Rangers had already won the first leg. We'd already won the first leg six one, I think five one. I played in the second one, and we lost it one nil. Uh, and it was a, a horrible game. Yeah. Uh, Principally because that was my one and only game, but um, I, I, I wouldn't say I was the worst player on the night. There was a lot of people that you know didn't turn up. But anyway, that's that's the way things went, and uh, uh, yeah, it was a bad game that night. So that didn't put you off football for good, then? <laughs> no, I, no, no, I managed to hang in. And then you actually moved on to Hamilton, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, um, I went to Hamilton. The manager there, Eric Smith, uh, who, uh, strangely, he, he was an ex-Celtic player when he was younger, but he then went down to uh, Leeds, played at Leeds, uh, and then went into management, and they managed at Morton and then Hamilton. Uh, Eric was given the opportunity to speak to me uh, by Rangers. You know, I was still a Rangers player. And uh, I liked what he said, and... Uh, you know, there was a, it was the, the opportunity to, to you know regular first team football, and uh, I went there, and it's and it was good. I had a good couple of years at Hamilton. I enjoyed the football there. I actually played centre back when I was at Hamilton. Oh really? Yeah, I played centre back there, and uh, you know I, I did okay. You know, I was you know I felt really comfortable comfortable there. Uh, and uh, yeah, it did well. We, we we had a good. It was at a time when the, the Scottish leagues were splitting from two leagues to three, hmm. uh, and so the the top twelve in the top league, along with the bottom six in the top league and the top six of the second league, made up the middle league. And uh, Hamilton, we, we finished I think third in the league that year, and uh, we went into the middle league. You know, so it was uh, and that was a it was a good league that one. It was. Uh, very competitive. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so I played all through that, but uh, at centre uh, back. It's funny that because a lot of players I've spoken to have all started their career up front and then ended up moving into midfield or it, yeah. as they get older. You've done it the other way around. Yeah, I know. Um, well, it was it was after I went from uh, I went from Hamilton to Carlisle United, and it was after because I mean Carlisle they've obviously seen me playing and they saw me playing there, but they they bought me to play me in midfield, and so I said, yeah okay I'll I'll go for that. Yeah. So so when you were a kind of a a youth player and. Uh, were you in midfield? Were, were you converted to centre back then? Well, when that, I was a, a young player at Rangers, I played midfield, and then when I went to Hamilton, uh, I played at centre back. Uh, in fact, I must have done okay at centre back because the Scottish second division, as we were then, uh, we played the Italian second division in a, a friendly game, Scotland v Italy, and I was selected to play in that game. Uh, so I must have been doing something right. <laughs> did, you, did you keep any memorabilia from match from matches like that? I, no, I, I, you know, I, I I barely keep any memorabilia at all. Uh, I think I've I've got a, I've still got the medal when I was at Chesterfield when you know got selected into the the, the team of the year you know, of the, for that league. Hmm. I've got that. I know I've got that, and I know I've got. The I think I've got the league championship medal when I managed Huntley in the Northern League here, but other than that, I don't think I've got anything. Yeah, I, I suppose it, it it wasn't. Did it, did players around that time did, did they kind of collect things or was it just not really the dumb thing? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I wasn't one for like. I mean, I've got a few old photographs and things like that, but uh, barely anything else. Uh, no, the strange thing is though the the, the memorabilia part for the, the Scotland Italy game, I would have liked to have got a cap, but the game was abandoned about five minutes before the end because there was a, a real torrential downpour, and it was during the summer, so the pitch was baked hard, and the water just could not get through the ground. So we were playing in about three or four inches of water and the referee just said, no, abandoned. So the game really <laughs> didn't take place. Uh, so we never got a cap. So that was a disappointment. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You think, yeah. yeah. Crikey. <laughs> I can only imagine. I don't, think, I don't think I even get the fee for the game. <laughs> <laughs> it just never happened. <laughs> no, obviously. No. And then you mentioned going to Carlisle. So it was... Yeah. Was moving to England ever kind of on your radar um, as a player? Well, well, I mean, I think I think moving was on the radar. Where to was is something that you you can't well you can't basically you can't control it yourself mm. unless you wait and wait and wait. So no, the fact that they come in, um, I mean, and and I'm not too far into England, so yeah. that was a that was a a little bit of a bonus for when, whenever I was travelling home. Uh, but when Carlisle came in, and they, they they had they had just gone down, remember, from the, the old first division into the second division. Mm. So they were, they were a good side at the time with a lot of good players. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it was, you know, and when I spoke to the, the manager and the coach who had, had met me, um, they sold the club pretty well. And, uh, it was a it was a very obvious step up, bearing in mind as well that I was uh, part time at Hamilton, mm. so this was me going back into full time football. Yeah. Did you did you did you find that switch quite easy going part time to full time? Take a while to get up to speed, or no? I, I was okay. I was fine. Uh, you know, you know, once you get there and you're training with the players, and um, after I think I adapted very quickly. In fact, I think I was okay straight away. You know, because I, I think I went down there on the sign on the, the Wednesday or Thursday, and I was playing on the Saturday, and I, I, I was okay. That was it. I think it was at Southampton, and we drew with Southampton. Yeah. So and, yeah, I, I, I adjusted fairly quickly uh, for that. Yeah, and, and looking at your stats, you always seemed pretty regular in the team 
played a lot of games for, for most of the clubs you played with, didn't you? Well, I, I don't remember. I don't remember ever not been playing at any of the clubs I was at, mm. uh, unless I was injured or suspended. Yeah, because so, like I was looking at, at Carlisle. You played kind of over 150 games for Carlisle, didn't you? And then in those seasons with Hamilton, it was kind of 70-odd games. Um, always chipping in with a, a good few goals as well. Yeah, well, I think I was probably... I think probably Chesterfield, I was... My most goals per game. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but I think it probably was. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was. I mean, I, as I say, I played. I was a first team regular at all the clubs I was at, apart from Rangers, of course. Uh, and then when I, you know, at, at, at uh, Darlington was the only club at the end of my career when, you know, I had a couple of bad injuries. That was the only time that I missed a lot of games. But but prior to that, was particularly with uh, Carlisle, Chesterfield, and Grimsby Town. I was almost, a, you know, an ever-present, so to speak. And and for people that have not seen you play, what describe yourself as a player? <laughs> uh, um, I, I'd say I was uh, fairly balanced, you know, good on my left and my right side. You know, people, a lot of people didn't know whether I was left-footed or right-footed. Mm-hmm. And... and Somebody like Jeff Salmon, he would chip in, yeah, yeah, you, you were hopeless both sides. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I was decent on the ball, can pass the ball, um, could get up and down the pitch, okay, box to box. Uh, tackling wasn't my best, but uh, I, a lot of times I won the ball by by reading the game and interceptions and things like that. So, yeah, that would be uh, decent in the air. Yeah, I think that all round I was okay. Yeah, uh, and does being good on, I imagine being good on both feet means that you can create yourself a bit of space um, against opposition players? Well, the, the, the thing about that is they, they, they can't push you to one side or the other and uh, put you in a weaker position. Whatever day they, way they want you to go, yeah, I'll go that way because I, I, I felt comfortable on the ball like that. So you ended up coming to Chesterfield, yeah, yeah. transfer deadline day, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I'd been contacted a day or two before. In fact, um, it was, I think we, I was away at a, a match with Carlisle. We were away at Swindon. And there was a tele, my telephone in the, the hotel room. I was rooming with uh, Ian McDonald, who was my uh, roommate. Uh, big centre half from Khalil and uh, lifted the phone and it, somebody just said to me Chesterfield has just offered a lot of money for you to Khalil and the phone went down so I went along and spoke to Bobby McCurr who was the Khalil uh, United manager at the time and I said have you had an offer for me from another club and uh, they just him and Martin Harvey who was the the first team coach looked at each other and just said, "Well, right." So they took me out of the team for the for that night. And after the game, they told me, you know, who it was and that I want to speak and things like that. So it, it all, you know, went very quickly after that. Yeah, who, who was it then on that on that phone? It wasn't it wasn't someone from Chesterfield <laughs> making sure that you knew about it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And- and what was it? Um, so was it quite a? It, did you get a, a choice whether to move? Was it just one of those things where it was, was just a good? Well, yeah, obviously the, the the final words mean. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, there's 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 three people can pull out of it. It's one of the, either of the clubs or me. Yeah. So, um, Carlisle United wanted uh, because of the money, the amount of money. Chesterfield wanted me to go, so it was down to my decision in the end up. Um, and yeah, I wanted to go because there had been quite a few teams had, you know, made overtures about signing me prior to this. Uh, and you know, I'd you know set my mind that at some point because I think Carlisle at the time 
we'd lost a few players, a lot of the players that had been there from when I was there, they, they had left in the team. And it was very difficult. It's difficult for a club like Carlisle to, to attract players. You know, they're so far out of touch with, you know, the mainstream. Uh, and to, to also replace the players of the same quality when they're trying to bring in money because, you know, maybe things were getting a little bit tight for money. Uh, so to get away at that time was, was maybe a good idea for the club and for me, um, you know, to, to move things on a bit. And and what were your first impressions of the club? Of Chesterfield? Mm, yeah. Um, well, the, the ground, it was, you know, a traditional old-fashioned ground. You know, and that that was okay because that was what a lot of the grounds were similar to that. You know, all over the you know the country. Um, when I got in and met the lads and of training and things, and um, I I I, I fitted in fairly quickly. I just thought, well, I'm I'm at the level of these players that are here. In fact, you know, and maybe I was a bit. I I felt as if I was okay as soon as I went in there. It was great, and then. It was good. There was a couple of players that I knew. Uh, I knew Bill Green because Bill played, played at Carlisle United with me uh, and other players that I knew because of playing against them. Um, the other thing was there was a couple of players arrived at a similar time to me. John Turner, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, John Sturck. Uh, and and maybe about three or four weeks later, Danny Wilson. Mm. So there was a few as it, you know, came in at the same time, and uh, we all had to get used to each other. But uh, but we we settled in quickly, and uh, yeah, I thought we were a good side. Yeah, uh, I've just started a new job myself, and it is nice not being the only new person starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're good, not the butt of everyone. A friendly, a friendly face, because don't forget as well that when you come into a club and you're new, there's a there's a few others thinking. Where's where's he going to play? Who's who's going to get left out? Because yeah. you know for sure that you're, you're obviously going to play. Um, but you know that that's that's just the nature of the game. But on Tuesday night, Chesterfield battled back from going a goal down to Swindon Town. Swindon taking the lead on the half hour, an own goal there by Colin Tart, and it was one nil to Swindon at half time. And that's the way it stood until halfway through the second half until Alan Birch struck in the equaliser, his 15th goal of the season. Seven minutes later, Phil Bonnyman, Chesterfield's record signing from Carlisle, grabbed the winner, that really powerful header, a valuable goal, and Chesterfield moved back into third place. And, and what did Arthur Cox say to you in terms of how he, how he wanted you to fit into the team? Well, Arthur was... He was he, it was quite basic in the coaching. He was more of a manager than a coach, and uh, he he was pretty stead, you know, straightforward in what he wanted to, to do. He wanted to get it up to front players very quickly. Um, if you were deep, he wanted to get it round you know, over the back of them and things like that. And um, as time went on, we 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 kind of tried to you know influence them playing through the midfield a wee bit more because. You know, when, you, when you've got players like uh, Jeff Salmons and Danny Wilson in the midfield, uh, you know, and, and then include myself, you know, that, that's where the strength in your side is. Get it in to, to us. And then we can service players like Alan Crawford and Alan Birch. You know, get it to the players that are going to really hurt teams, you know, in the forward areas. Uh, but if you if you play long passes all the time... Um, you, you, you know, you're maybe going to give the ball away a wee bit more than, than passing through the midfield. And we tried to influence that a bit more. Um, I think I think that happened a wee bit more after Arthur Cox left and then Frank became manager because Frank, you know, had different ideas of what to do in the game. And Frank was more of a, a coach and a, manage, a manager. Uh, you know, so Frank was good in the coaching field. So, you know, he was quite happy, with, you know, with doing that. Yeah, and I was talking to um, Phil Walker and he was talking about how maybe Arthur Cox had to slightly change how he managed because different players came in that maybe had good reputations from previous clubs and he maybe had to had to work with them a slightly different way with how he'd, he'd worked when he first came to Chesterfield. Did you see any changes while he was there in terms of how he managed? Well, 
I think that I think when you have players that have got the experience of Jeff Salmons and uh, and Ernie Ernie Moss and and Bill Green at the back, and they they could see and and even my I was I was I've all right through my career I've, I've always been pretty vociferous in the changing room and and made points and things like that, and and even Danny Wilson Danny for being a young lad at the time. You know, had had his uh, he he had his point of view as well at times, and and I think when you have the players asking for certain things, can we try? Can we look at this? Can can we see how this might work? Blah blah blah. Then, um, if it doesn't change it, then you can get a group of players that are maybe a wee bit disgruntled that they've not been listened to. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that that I think partly maybe uh, made them change a wee bit. So, yeah, I can see that. And, and Frank Barlow, uh, uh, you know, he, he wasn't being coerced into changing things, but he liked to have the opinions of players. You know, he'd say, what do you feel or how do you feel about this? And make it open. Yeah. Which I think was good because, I say, when you've got players that have played a few games and, uh, you know, they've got a wee bit of knowledge themselves, then it's good to, to, to know how they feel. Mm. And the... Um... And your debut, I think, was at Blackburn, I think it was. Um, uh, uh, and then you scored. And then you scored. Um, you actually scored in your second and third game. Uh, I think it was Swindon and Reading, I think. So you, you started scoring goals pretty quickly, didn't you? Yeah, I must be honest, uh, Dave. I, 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 can't, I can't really remember too well, you know, the first few games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was given a wee bit of licence to you know, get forward and support, you know, Phil Walker and Ernie. Um, you know, so you do that and you get the opportunity. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I was pretty lucky and I had a good early start to score. Yeah. And I noticed, you. I think you played about uh, 11 games at the end of that season after you joined. Um, and you actually scored against Carlisle, didn't you? At, I did, I remember at... that one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a bit weird going back. I... Well, I remember it was a it was a header. It was across from the left. I can't I can't it may have been Alan Crawford too crossed or maybe even Sean O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I scored the header. And you know all this stuff you see players just walking away when it's teams they played against. Uh no, that wasn't for me. <laughs> I ran away and I was <laughs> giving it big time, you know. Uh I think we won that game 2-0. Um, so yeah. <laughs> You mean you, you score a goal? That's Carl, you know. Chesterfield was the team I was playing for them, so that that was my only concern. Chesterfield. So once you've left a club, then okay, you can have fun memories. But when you play against them, then then uh, you want to beat them. Sometimes even more than you want to beat other teams. Too right. You should you should always celebrate a goal, even well, absolutely. You don't. I don't get that many that I, I wasn't going to celebrate it. <laughs> so. so that first season, you were you were here, albeit only for the last few months of it, yeah, yeah. came fourth, I think. So it was, you know, yeah. Right, yeah, we, right up there, weren't we? Yeah, we just missed out on the promotion. And, and again, the following season, uh, a similar thing. And that's that's one of the biggest disappointments because I, th- I thought we had, uh, I thought we had a good enough team to win promotion. And we, we, we failed, I would say. We failed, uh, you know, because that was the objective and we never managed it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking you to think back a long way, but but at the time, did you think there was any certain thing that maybe was just that little bit extra that was that was missing? I, no, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you can you can just have a wee dip in form or, or or key players can have a dip in form or or, or chances are missed or uh, maybe goals are allowed in it, you know, the other end, maybe a wee bit of slack defending or something. All of these things can uh, contribute to it. Uh, but as I say, we, we were a good enough team to to go into the, you know, the next league up and uh, I think it was a real pity that we never. Um, but that that was that was what happens. I mean, the other other teams. I mean, I know. Uh, I think Grimsby went up that year. Um, you know, when I joined, they'd already played Grimsby twice. I think by the time I was there, but I think Grimsby went up that year, and uh, you know, 
I think we we we, we kind of match them to a certain extent. Yeah. But it's just these extra couple of points that take them there. That's it. It's fine margins, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned you mentioned Jeff Salmons. So I'd I'll be honest with you. Before I started the podcast, I'd never really heard of Jeff Salmons. But every player I've spoken to from that era all says Jeff Salmons was amazing. <laughs> oh, Jeff was a class player. I mean, well, you've seen where he's played. Mm. And but and and strangely enough, I met Jeff, Jeff Salmons years before. Uh, when I was at Hamilton, we went. Uh, it was during the close season. We went to play in a. Uh, it was a, a four-team competition tournament, you know, in, in pre-season, over in Cyprus. The chairman at uh, Hamilton had business contacts over there, and we went across there along with uh, Stoke City, Sheffield United, and it was an Orthosis Famagusta. The games were played at their ground. So we all had a, a kind of round robin. And uh, I remember Jeff was actually at Sheffield. And coincidentally, Stoke City were there as well, hmm. who, who moved to Stoke. Yeah. And uh, I played against Jeff. And, and But he told me that while he was over in uh, Cyprus at that time, um, the Stoke City uh, manager, Tony Waddington, he had tapped him up. And when he went back to England, he signed for Stoke. <laughs> so, and Jeff didn't remember me. I remember him because he was the, you know, the, the well-known player. And, uh, and he had spoken to Alan Hudson, who had played at uh, Stoke at that time as well. And Alan Hudson did want to come and play. But Jeff was a class player. I mean, his left foot was magnificent. Uh, you know, good, good player, real class. Which other players at Chesterfield did you really like playing with? Were there any that you felt you had a really good understanding with? Uh, well, Danny, Danny Wilson. Uh, and another player who I don't think he got the credit that he deserved uh, because the likes of Danny and Jeff and myself to a certain extent as well in midfield, we we, we get all the kind of plaudits for doing this, that and the other. But Andy Kowalski's got to be, he's, he's got to be uh, one of the best players of you know, played alongside for his ball winning capability, and not just in big heavy tackles and things, but he read the game brilliantly. And he would, and a lot of fans thought that he, you know, a lot of the times he would he would allow a space for a ball to go through, and then as the player went down to pass the ball, he'd just move across and he'd inter- intercept it, and then he would move the ball quickly to, you know, one of the players, Alan Dutch or Crawford or one of us and then go and play it, and Andy would sit there and keep everything solid. So Andy Kowalski was a great player for uh, to play alongside because he did so much great work uh, in the team. The other ones, I mean, it was great. I mean, Alan Birch and Alan Crawford were great in the wide areas. Uh, they could do great things. And I think it was a shame that the condition of the pitches in these days, mm. uh, because if the pitches had been like they are now, I think Alan Birch could have been played in a more central role and been around the, the ball a lot more because he would have terrorised teams with the ability he had. And of course, Ernie uh, up front with Phil Walker was a good pair. Uh, and, and Phil's got to take a lot of credit as well because uh, Ernie, Ernie, Ernie is the greatest ever Chesterfield player. He's not, not the best footballer, but the greatest ever uh, you know, club servant. Um, and Phil Walker did a lot to, you know, do a lot of things alongside him. So they were all good. And John Ridley and Bill Green at the back were fantastic. Um, and uh, Sean, as I say, we were a good side. In that league, we were a good, good team and we could beat anybody. And I can't forget uh, John Turner either, because John came and a uh, fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, not just a great goalkeeper, but and he had a great character about him. He, he would keep the dressing room alive all the time. You know, he was he was he was mad at times, but he was really did uh, you know keen on his game and making himself better and things. So John was a great keeper, but a great person in the dressing room for for the for the club for every other player. It's it sounds like it was a really good squad that complemented itself both on the pitch and then in the dressing room as well. 
Yeah, yeah, we did. There was no little cliques. There was no, you know, you know, sometimes the places you get three or four players sticking together and two or three here sticking together. We were all, in, and if something had to be said, uh, you know, if we thought things were wrong, we would we would say it and uh, to each other, and you had to take it, and you know, in the way that it was meant, and it was only meant to help us in the next game <clears throat> to improve us. Uh, you know, and it was a good, good atmosphere within the, 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 the club. Well, Chesterfield to adapt to this. Here is Alan Birch. Tag is the defender and Massey helping him and Birch leaves them both. Is there a gap for him at the near post? Well, here's Stark. And now Crawford. And touched in by Bonnyman. The goal is given. After the scramble, the final touch was from Bonnyman. And you mentioned about Danny Wilson being a being vocal in the dressing room. Do yeah. you think he was management material even when he was, and even when he was younger? Do some do some people just have that? I don't know. You know, it's funny because I mean, I think I think Danny when he came, he was only about 21, 22 maybe. Yeah. Uh, I was well. I might have only been about uh, 25, 26 as well. But I just felt that wee bit older than him. And uh, but Danny was such a good player; he had every right to, you know, be vociferous. Uh, well, every player does. We all, we all have a right to do it. Um, sometimes we say things, and then we realise, no, I shouldn't have said that, or, that, or that's not quite right. And somebody would put us right. But uh, no, Danny, he had every right because of the, the ability he showed, and his, and he, he, I think he was years ahead of his time. Yeah. Good into management, you know, I had no doubt that he would do well in that uh, because his football intelligence was great. Mm. I, I noticed as well that you scored a lot of goals against, you scored quite a few goals against Sheffield United. It seemed like whenever we had a local derby against Sheffield United, you seemed to score in it. You scored in quite right. a few of them. Did you like the local derbies? Oh, they were brilliant because it, obviously there was a, a big crowd there. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I remember scoring a couple of goals against Sheffield. I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know how many I scored against them, but uh, I remember, I think I scored in two games in a row where it was 1-0 in each game. We, we beat them and I, I, I scored in both of these games. can't remember any others, but as I say, there's not much I can remember going back, <laughs> back all these years. Well, I think it was, uh, I think it was Dave Caldwell I was talking to and he was saying that he's amazed at how fans can recite in in detail specific games and he said I just I just don't know I've just, I played hundreds of games <laughs> I can't yeah, tell them I know well that's that's the thing <laughs> I know that, that's the thing you um there, there's certain things I can remember but there's other things I say like you say the fans will talk to you about and you'll think oh no I don't remember that at all yeah yeah so, so that second season well the first full season with us but the second season was the Anglo-Scottish Cup season uh of which right. it was 40th anniversary this year um earlier this year um right. yeah well, i mean i suppose everyone always asks you about the rangers matches don't they but was it not was it when that came up were you like oh yeah i, I fancy i fancy that <laughs> well I, I was looking forward to i was looking forward to the game up here uh you know you know, big time because uh, you could play at Ibrox would be nice, uh, and and a lot of the friends and family could come at the game as well. Um, but um, and and I, I, I tried to uh, emphasise to the players that Rangers at that time, Rangers are all, will always be a big club. However, at that time, the, there was a lot of changes going on. There was a lot of the players that were maybe coming towards the end of the career and a lot of younger players maybe who you look at them and you thought are they really the, the level that Rangers are going to you know are going to take Rangers to you know compete winning leagues and things mm. so I didn't think they were the best at, at that time and I'm, and I'm I don't mean to criticise any you know players individuals or the club itself but I don't think they were the best ever team at, at, at Rangers at that time uh, so you know, going up there, you know, I felt, okay, we, if we can keep this nice and tight, we might have a wee chance. But, you know, to, to, to come away with a draw, you know, was, was a fantastic result. Yeah. 
Was it? Was it? I, th- I think uh, it may have been Phil again that was saying that the bus ride home was a long one. Did you? <laughs> did you end up on the? I don't think I came in. I don't think I. I, I, I don't know. How I, I can't remember. Did I go back down in the bus? I can't remember. I thought I brought my car up and stayed. Probably, I can't remember, to be honest. Probably the wiser option, it sounded like. Well, I can't remember. <laughs> There's a really nice yeah. film of all the, the fans getting on a plane and going up in a yeah. plane to Glasgow. I sometimes yeah. think there's not enough games between English clubs and Scottish clubs, even if they're from, from different leagues and things, because the fans love going up to Scotland for a, a bit of a jolly, and I, I imagine it must be vice versa as well. Yeah, I would imagine the fans would have loved it, yeah. And especially when you you, you know you get a decent result, it, it makes it all, all the more worthwhile. Um whether they can bring, I don't, I, I don't see them bringing a competition like that out again, though. I, I really don't. It's uh, there's too many, there's that many games in the season to try and cram more games, and I don't think that will happen. Yeah. Well, and uh, we want to stay holders, so. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're still European, uh, European holders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the first leg score standing at one all, the visitors brought five thousand fans to Saltergate for support. However, Rangers fell behind after just 15 minutes when their former apprentice Phil Bonneman scored from a corner by Walker to put Chesterfield ahead. Just two minutes later, Bonneman added a second when Rangers keeper McCloy stood motionless as Ridley supplied the opportunity to score. It might have been three when a Rangers player palmed the ball away from the goal, but the referee didn't spot it. Berry was assured when Ernie Moss scored goal number three to the delight of the home supporters. That home leg then, I mean, it looked pretty easy. Was it pretty easy? <laughs> uh, the, the game at Salter game? Yeah. No, it wasn't easy. No. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact is that we scored a couple of goals early on hmm. and that changes the whole complexion of the game. Uh, they're then chasing to try and, uh, you know, get back into it. And when they do that and they leave themselves, you know, we could have scored a couple more. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't know if, if you remember it at all. I mean, it was a horrible, horrible night. It was torrential rain at points. And the pitch was really heavy. So it wasn't a great game of football. Uh, you know, it wasn't a spectacle of football. Um, but obviously the, the result was right. And uh, it, it was, as I said, as I said to you, at the start of the conversation, it was... You know what put down as one of Rangers is, uh, you know, worst defeats. <laughs> and they, they must have the away fans must have got absolutely soaked in in that. Uh, well, the the funny thing was at the after the game, uh, I'd met my wife outside, and we were going to go down. I, I can't remember the name of the little place down. Uh, I, I can't even remember. Was it London Road down the bottom? Of, Chesterfield. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, down, yeah. Down there. there was one of the pubs that they put putting on a wee bit of a, a spread and things. And uh, I got to the door and they were locked, the doors were locked. So I knocked on the door and the guy said, uh, opened up the door. She went, I said, I went to see the guy. He said, Sorry, no, nobody favorite. He thought I was from one of the Rangers fans. <laughs> My accent, it closed the door again. So I knocked on it again. I said, "No, we're, we're here to meet some of the people in. They all, we, we eventually get in, uh, so we nearly never get in to, to see them." And I, and I think with the final against Notts County, I think you missed the first leg. I think, but then then played in the actual final. Um, was it was I, it a bit of a was it a bit weird the final because everyone remembers Rangers uh, and remembers that that game and then. Well, it is. I think it's. I think it's one of the things that it disappoints me. Uh, we need to remember that we beat a team that were in the top league, and mm. the final Notts County were in the first division, and we're a third division team, and we've beat them over two legs. So that was almost, if not better, than the the result against Rangers. Yeah. Uh, you know. So you know, we we, we certainly deserve to win the trophy doing that. Mm. Absolutely, and and th- that season then. So I think you played pretty much pretty much every game. I think you only missed like two or two or three games, something like that. Um, and, and like you mentioned, it was like fifth again. So was it? 
was it a bit disappointing? I mean, you won the cup, but was it almost a bit disappointing finishing finishing fifth again? Or yeah, that that's the thing. I mean, I, I thought I would have gladly foregone the you know the Anglo Scottish Cup to get promotion. Uh, that would have been a bigger prize as far as I was concerned. Uh, and it's uh, and the and the two full seasons I was there. That was the biggest disappointment to me, uh, not getting promotion, because I think I think we were good enough as a team, uh, and just certain things go wrong, and uh, you know we, we missed out on it. So uh, I think it was uh, disappointing. And so your third season with us, like second full season, that was when, like you mentioned, Frank Barlow um, was in kind of full charge for the, the full season. Um, you, and then you scored a lot of goals that season. I think you've got 14 goals, I think, uh, that season and were an ever-present, played played every game, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Did, he, did he get you to play a slightly different way then, in, like you mentioned with his... With his... Uh, well, it gives a wee bit more licence to, to, to go and get into the, the penalty box. Hmm. Uh, I'd had the physical capacity to get penalty box to penalty box the whole game uh, you know so so why not use that and uh, the more you get in the box the more chances you're getting uh, goals uh, you know you, if you don't get in the box you're, you're not going to score that many uh, there's not too many from you know outside 20-25 yards yeah. so but again said you know statistically they're you know between the six yard line and the penalty spot that's where all the goals that's where most of the goals come from mm. So get yourself into these areas and you're putting yourself in with a chance with, you know, getting where the ball is. Yeah. And, and I think that was the season when we were first, I think we were top of the league in March, but then, uh-huh. but then finished, finished 11th. So I wonder, uh-huh. what, I wonder what happened in that, in that couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Well, capitulation, I think. Mm. I think that's the word you're looking for. <laughs> Yeah, we lost. We lost a lot of games. Uh, we, we, we finished the season poorly. Um, you know, and it's, it's as I say, it's a shame because you get up into the next league and you you get a wee bit money to spend on some some more players to bolster the squad, and uh, you never know what can happen. But uh, yeah, it was disappointing uh, the ending to that season. Is it hard as a player when when you you start losing a few, just just trying to get back out of it does does it just feel like you can't can't buy a win when something like that happens well yeah i i, I personally didn't physically or, or mentally uh, feel that at all mm. you, you feel as if you can go out and win the game sometimes what's difficult is actually changing things when they're happening on the pitch uh and there's there's things going wrong you know and it, it just takes maybe a uh a good chance if you can score at one end and you don't, and then maybe a, a, a bit of a mistake somewhere on the pitch and it causes a goal at the other end. Uh, so these things are hard to uh, budget for. Um, but yeah, it was a, a, you know we 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 had we had the, the players with the ability to get promotion and we did we never we never brought that to the club and that was a disappointment. Yeah, and and was that when because then obviously. Things started, finances started changing, didn't they, in the background a bit, and and then a, a few players started to get sold and and things like that. Which you you were one of them in the end, weren't you? Um, did you did you get a sense that maybe things were changing a bit in the background or not? Well, see, as a player, you're you're, you're kind of protected from that. Not protected so much, but you're kind of kept away from that. You don't know that side of it. You know, things can be in the press, but. You don't really know for sure what's happening. Um, I do know that they, they they did need some money, and and I think at that time Alan Birch and Danny Wilson, and myself, uh, I'm trying to think anybody else that went at that time. We were all given the opportunity to go, uh, and and that's what ended up happening. And the problem comes from there is that. The, the money that they get for, for these players, they don't get all that to spend again on players. So you're, you're not going to get the same level of player into the club. So, it, you know, is the team going to be as good as it's been? I don't know. So 
that, that's the problem that people that run clubs have. And in particular, the manager has the problem because he's maybe not got the same quality of player that he had, you know, previous. Yeah, well, we've seen that at Chesterfield many times, even recently. Yeah, well, that's, that's all of the clubs of that size. They're all in the same situation. You know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to keep clubs going to that size, uh, you know, because as I say, you lose a player, but you don't get the amount of money you've, you've, you've received for that player to spend on another one. So, and, and keep trying to find, you know, little diamonds from, you know, league, you know, bottom of the leagues and, and, and non-league, they become harder to find as well because everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so to, so to try and get these little, you know, diamonds, these little nuggets from uh, non-league teams, they become, you know, more scarce all the time. As, as as a player, when when those when one or two players start to go, does that just make it a little bit easier then when maybe something comes in for you because you get a you get a sense that it's going to take a bit of time to build again? Uh, well, at Chesterfield, I. I was one of the players that left hmm. when, when you know, they, they had to sell players. Uh, so I didn't see what happened at Chesterfield after that. Uh, but I can only imagine that the players that come in to, to fill the spaces of, you know, players have gone, if they're not at the same level, then the, the managers and coaches maybe have to deal with things differently. They maybe, uh, you know, we, we were quite an attacking forward-going team. Um if they don't have the players to be able to do that, then they maybe have to set up differently and be nice and strong and, uh, you know, make sure you're not going to lose goals and then hit teams on breaks and things like that. So there's a whole new, uh, you know, mindset as to how to go about the games. Um, but as I say, I was in Chesterfield after, you know, the, the, you know, a few of us left. Uh, I never saw it there. Um, and, and I'm trying to think, maybe I took the brunt of that at Carlisle United. Because I had gone there, they had just come down from the first division, um, and then a lot of real good players, you know, uh, John Gorman, um, who else? Likes of players like Chris, Chris Balderston and uh, other top players. Uh, they 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 left, and I was one of the ones coming in. So I was I was you know. So I didn't know what it was like before, and I was then playing you know what the manager was, was asking for then. So the players that have left don't know what's happening at a club and the players that have just come in didn't know what was happening previously. So they just all gel as, as, as quickly as they can to try and be the best they can. Yeah. Well, we had John Duncan coming in the end and John Duncan <laughs> got... Well, he, he done a fantastic job. I mean, the cup run that they had with John was fantastic. Uh, you know, in fact, I mean, it, it was just so unlucky in the end. Mm, yeah, uh, but uh, you know what? A, that was a fantastic team as well. That would have been a good game. That team versus their team. What, what would be the result? If we were all, <laughs> if we were all in the in our prime, that would be interesting. Can we not yeah. set that up as a match now? <laughs> no, sorry, not for me. I'm I'm waiting to go in for two knee replacements. That won't be me. <laughs> it's that's interesting actually because a lot of players I've spoken to. Knees, backs, uh, yeah. shoulders, uh, yeah. everything else. Is that, I'm guessing that's football then, is it? The knees? Well, it is, uh, you know, and, 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 and probably the, the, the worst of them all is, is the early onset of dementia. Uh, this is becoming so prevalent, and, uh, you know, quite a few people that I've played alongside have sadly passed away. Um, so that that's to me is the worst one just now. The knees and the ankles and things, they're not life threatening, but the you know the early dementia because of the heading of the ball, the heavy balls and and, and past days, uh, they're they're ones that are taking people's lives away. So that's one that has to be looked at. Is is that something you've worried about yourself in in terms of something like that, Mike? Uh, no, I haven't worried about it. I haven't worried. No. Hmm. If it, if, it, if it comes to me, then it happens, but I haven't worried about it, no. Yeah, it's something where they need to put a lot of money and a lot of research into it. 
Really. Well, the research has, has been an ongoing thing. Um, it's what they're doing with the young players now. And, and the, the difference is now that the, the balls are so much lighter. Uh, maybe that'll create a difference. And, and maybe with young kids now that they're, they're not having them heading them while they're training, etc. Um, but the, the balls that we used and, and even the generation before us, uh, you know, when they were heavy and the, the weight on them and the amount of heading. And you see a lot that centre forwards and centre halves that are, are having the problem. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and after Chesterfield, then, so you went to Grimsby, didn't you? After Chesterfield. Yeah. yeah. Was that, yeah. What, what was that like at Grimsby? You played quite a lot of games there as well, didn't you? It was like another 150 odd games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Grimsby. I, I, I was there five years, but the the last year I had a my worst probably injury. I had a, a torn Achilles, so that was most of that was over for the first four years. Uh, the games. I actually had the opportunity to go before I went to Grimsby back up here to Dundee United. Hmm. I, when I was at Chesterfield, they, they, they you know said that Dundee United want to have a you know, a chat with you. So I, I stayed up there for a week and I trained with them and they, well, they the clubs had agreed fees, but uh, it was just a couple of things that uh, weren't quite right. And uh, then I was told Grimsby came in, so I went and spoke to Grimsby and uh, I went there. A good club, similar size to Chesterfield, you know, that there's so many clubs of that size, you know, in the kind of, you know, fourth, third and, and, and second division at that time. Uh, but we had a, a good team. Uh, Grimsby had got up from the fourth to the third and to the second. And uh, some good players. Um, we had a couple of good years. In fact, probably the second last season I was there. We, I think Sheffield Wednesday got promotion. Sheffield Wednesday, Newcastle, Chelsea get promotion. And then it was Manchester City and us on the same points. Fourth equal. Uh, so that we we had a good season then, you know, if you compare it with the teams that were above us, the size of club, mm. uh, we had a, a real good side and played some good football. Did you ever come up against Chesterfield again when you were playing for Grimsby? Never. Never played against them, no. But you'd have definitely celebrated if you'd have, if you'd have scored, wouldn't you? If I'd scored a goal, I would have celebrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> is, is it funny looking at like like you just mentioned that, that Grimsby there where you were with alongside Man City and uh and Newcastle and teams like that. Is it funny now when you watch football and you see how how some how how some teams go so yeah, well it just it just shows you what uh, massive finance can do. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably see it with Newcastle coming up as well. Uh you know the, the, yeah. the, the they've been bought just now. They'll they'll be a big, you know, a competing team. Not just a big club, but a competing club. That's what they want to be. Uh, yeah, when you see them and you see the, the the players that are coming in, but all the best players that are coming in, are, most of the best players are from out with the country. So you mentioned that you did a bit of management as well. Did you? Did you like? Did you enjoy going into management? Yeah. Well, it was funny. It, 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 my first two stints. Uh, when Mike Lyons came to manage at Grimsby, uh, Mike came in. He was he was at Sheffield Wednesday, and he came to us as a player manager at Grimsby. And uh, he called me into the office one day, and he he said, "I'm going to put you on the transfer list." I said, "Oh, Mike, why?" He says, oh, "I'm just making a lot of changes," and I'm. Think to myself, this is a, a strange one because I've been playing, you know, this and I've been doing all right. And uh, but he told me later on it was it was because I was a bit of an influence in the dressing room. And I said to him, Well, I, I am an influence in the dressing room, but I think a good influence. And I said, I'm not saying anything that's wrong with what you're doing, I'm not doing anything like that. And he said, well, that's what I'm doing anyway. So um he left it, but then about six weeks later he pulled me back in. And he said, uh, he says, I'd like you to come on to the coaching staff with me. <laughs> so, so that was my first experience. So I was there as, as my assistant at Grimsby. Uh, 
But I left, I left Grimsby at the, not the end of that season, the following one. I went up to Darlington, Dave Booth, who had been uh, the Grimsby manager. He had come back into the game and got to Darlington as manager. And he asked me to go to play and be his assistant manager there. And from there, I went up to Dunfermline. I was on the coaching staff there. Then I came back down to Port Vale. I was on the coaching staff for John Rudge and Billy Dearden. Uh, and and then I came back up. I was at Hamilton as assistant manager. So I've 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 been assistant manager at uh, every league in Scotland and England except for the Premier League in England. So it seems like it just kind of naturally happened. Then you just kind of naturally moved from playing into coaching. Is that kind of how it felt? No, no, no. It doesn't happen naturally. It's just the same as people say that. A lot of players that come in and have got good touch and things like that. I had I had decent touch in the ball, but that didn't just happen. That happened because when I was a kid, I kicked the ball against a wall about a thousand times a day. Mm. I was practicing, but I didn't realise I was practicing, and yeah. that's what gave me a good touch because I did that. Now, getting into management and things like that, you know, I went and did coaching badges, and you learn things and you go and see things. You see people that are experienced and you watch what they're doing and you understand how they're doing it. And then you try to put it into your own ways of practice. You then look at players and think, how can I help make them better? What can I do here to improve this or that or the other? So it doesn't come naturally. It becomes because you you learn it. Mm. You go and you study and you go and watch and you go and listen to people. Um, you know, so it's not something that you just suddenly stop. I'm not, not I'm not going to be a player now. I'm a coach, right? And you go in and do it. That that doesn't happen. There's a lot of work happens before you get to that level. Mm. It was it was really interesting when I was talking to John Duncan as well because he was talking about how he had an idea of how he would manage and, and what kind of manager he would be like. And then mm-hmm. when he started managing, he was like. No, got to chuck that all in the bin because <laughs> he was like learning on the job. And yeah. I suppose, I suppose, in that position when you're learning like that, you've got to be open to open to taking taking things on board and having a bit of an open mind, haven't you? And, and progressing. Absolutely, you know, there's, there's nothing closed, uh, and and especially when you're younger, you know, to try and absorb everything that you take in, and and then what you have to try and do is roll up in a wee ball and, and, and take the things that you want to do, How what, what your ideas are, try and combine it with the, the things that you've learned from other people. Uh, and and be uh, be yourself. Be yourself in the way you, you deal with people and treat people. Uh, and but it's, a, it's, it's a tough, tough game going into, into management because um, a lot of things are taken out of your hands because it's once it goes on the pitch, you know there's there's not a lot you can do. <laughs> you're kicking every ball when you're a when you're a coach then on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, but I gave it away too many times, so I stopped it. <laughs> so so just to finish up, I'm just wondering how much do you kind of keep an eye on the the teams that you used to play for? Do you? Do you keep an eye on, on things that happen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the scores all the time and things, but to, to try and keep up to date with everything, it's, it's, uh, I've been at too many clubs to do that. <laughs> it, would, it would take me too long a time. Uh, no, I always want the clubs I've been to, to to do well. And and with social media just now, you can you can get as much information as you, as you want. Uh, I, I, I keep saying I'm going to come down to a game and, and that's to, to Chesterfield to Grimsby to, I've been at Carlisle a couple of times because it's, it's only an hour and a half down the road um, but uh, to come down to Chesterfield and Grimsby it's you know uh, day trips so mm. I, I always uh, say I'll come and I definitely will Well we're in the same league now as in Grimsby so you can you can tick off Yeah that well that, that would be a That'd be a good game to come and watch. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And and just to finish off, I, I wondered how you did in Arthur Cox's cross country runs. Because I've heard a lot about his cross cross country runs over the over the Listen, I don't think I should tell you. I think you should ask the other players that question. <laughs> well, because all they ever saw was my backside. <laughs> So you weren't like Steve Grizovich getting lost. <laughs> no, 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 no. I asked, uh, yeah. The, 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 I, I was, 
I was blessed with having a wee bit you know, a good engine, what they call a good engine. So I was a good runner. The only thing, the only person that got anywhere near me was the top man himself, Ernie. Hmm. Ernie was always, and Ernie, always, when he ran, you could always hear him every, like, maybe 20 yards, <coughs> a little cough to clear his throat. But it was also just to let you know that I'm still here, I'm still here, I'm chasing <laughs> you. But he could never, he could never get, he could never catch me. Breathing down your neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. It's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Super. Well, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Thank you, Dave.